0: What the hell happened to your neck?
1: I was just speaking for the Michigan Treasure Hunters Association, and it was in an old Uh, church. Who is this again? The Michigan Treasure Hunters Association.
0: Really? Yeah. I didn't even know there was a Michigan Treasure Hunters Association. Yeah,
1: they're metal detectors. Oh, that's cool. So anyway, it was in a church, and the screen was really high up on the wall, and I had to keep looking up at my PowerPoint, and all of a sudden, like, mid-presentation, my neck seized up. Like, it's never been this bad.
0: Like, oh, it's bad. You know, for those of you who can't see this, which is everybody except for me, Amber is sitting here with an ice pack on her neck while she's talking into the microphone.
1: Yeah, it's, I've, I'm trying to stretch it, but it's, it's this is going to be like one of those neck cramps that you actually feel for a couple of days,
0: which sucks. How long were you staring up?
1: Well, I had to keep looking up and, you know, I'd look out at the crowd and then I turn around and look up and then all of a sudden just
0: the You should get an agent. Why? So beat people up oh, over stuff like that. She for can't you. look
1: up at a screen. She'll get a nut cramp.
0: They'll get a rider for you. Okay. You'll get only the blue M&Ms like you like and all that good stuff. No.
1: I got to vote on artifacts that they found. Oh, really? And I got to eat cookies? And oh, well, that was worth the trip. Talk alone, to right uh, a bunch of cool people about metal detecting. And the guy who runs it uh, would like to be on the show to talk about metal detecting and treasure hunting.
0: That's actually a really great idea. Yeah. Let's have that guy on. Mm-hmm. That sounds cool. Well, while you were out partying, I was working mm. here.
1: Yeah, I was working, too. Well, before. Hey, we should mention yeah, uh, 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 Rosemary.
0: Yeah, that was I was going to say that. Um, yeah, we. Oh, man. Ugh, this is a sucky one. This is really bad. Yeah, it's an epic disappointment. Well, it's not a disappointment. It's sad. I mean, you know, I'm disappointed. I'm not like,
1: oh, Rosemary. I'm disappointed in you. You know, but it's well, just, I mean, you hate to see people. Sixty nine isn't that.
0: No, old no, these she was days. Pretty young, actually. Now, Rosemary Ellen Giley. If uh, those of you who listen to our show have not heard, an old friend of our show. An old friend of everybody's, basically. I mean, one of the originator. you know, I shouldn't say originators, but one of the people that's been in this field for decades upon decades. Upon no, decades. everyone,
1: anyone into the paranormal knows who Rosemary Ellen Guiley is or owns one of her books. Uh, before, when I first got into all of this, it was her books and Troy Taylor's books that I was reading. Yeah, yeah. And uh, so, and we met her.
0: Well, no, we didn't meet her at Troy's.
2: We no,
1: met
0: her we at, had her, well, I mean, we, we had her, uh, she was one of the, You know, uh, people we were really starstruck to talk to when we first had her on.
1: Yeah, I was nervous the first time I met her. It was at Gettys. I was at Gettysburg. Yeah,
0: and um, uh, yeah, we were a bit starstruck. And
1: oh my God, I have like five of her books. Yeah,
0: and she became a very dear friend of ours over the years. Her and Tom, our dear, our dear Tom, were good friends also. And as we know too. our, you know, anybody who knows our friend Tom, he passed away about six years ago also. Um, and those two were dear friends. Uh, Rosemary was a good friend of ours. And it really, really, when you sent me that text yesterday or the day before or something, that knocked a wind out of me.
1: Well, that was the first thing I saw when I woke up. That's the sucky thing about Facebook sometimes. You walk, Just you, you open it up shit. and you're like, oh. oh yeah. And And I think someone... The first person to post it might have been Lauren Coleman. Seemed to post something right away, and they, that had only been like thirty minutes. So
2: yeah, it was yeah. new.
0: So what we may do, I, I don't know. if We want to do that for this. Do we want to like maybe link up some of our old shows with no, Rosemary? We can or, Google it; they'll find it. Well, you go you know, on you the want site, and you can just you, you search just go to the, the art, site. yeah search the site. They're there. Um, if you want to listen to some old shows we had with Rosemary, she was a dear friend. Um. This sucks. She was really cool. we I think the last time we did see her was uh, at the Michigan Paranormal Conference last year. Yeah, last August. And her and I had a chance to talk for a while. And, uh, yeah, that we, we saw each other, kind of bumped into each other all weekend there and chatted a bit. And I was hoping to bump into her at uh, the Haunted America Conference, uh, but she wasn't there. And, you know, nobody really... We didn't really get a reason because she's like kind of a, a staple there. No, every Troy year. said
1: she wasn't feeling well. Yeah.
0: So, I mean, yeah, she wasn't feeling well. And, you know, people don't feel well sometimes. It's okay. Um, but it must have been more serious than that. And uh, unfortunately, uh, Rosemary's not with us anymore. And it's a real sad. It sucks. You know, for a group, a group of people like ourselves who have this, you know, fascination, this uh, passion... try to understand what happens after we no longer have this mortal coil wrapped around us uh, it still hurts to lose a friend and a member of this community also so i don't think that ever gets any easier no matter how much experience we get in this field or even as a person you know so yeah I don't know what else to say about that. It's a real, it's a real bummer. Uh, and I know just speaking of Facebook. Yeah. I mean, I, you could tell how much uh, Rosemary was loved by this entire community. Uh, every other post I saw on Facebook is people with pictures, you know, of Rosemary and her. It isn't like her just like standing somewhere. Rosemary was always out there doing stuff. She, and that's the one thing I noticed uh, just kind of watching you know the Facebook feed flyby was her with her camera out in the woods. Her with her camera at this place. Her with her camera somewhere else, doing stuff. It's uh, at, at, at grave sites, at cemeteries. She was re- she really taught w- walked the walk when it comes to that stuff. She wasn't just someone who wrote books and talked. You know, made appearances. She was actually out there doing she things. She
1: was also your uh, love interest in the independent movie we made.
3: Oh that.
0: yeah
1: which God, now I love fuck that even did that more. that
0: happen. I forgot all about that thing.
1: Yeah, Rosemary actually participated Holy crap. in Oh, wow.
0: Yeah, we did our, that love No, we did that love scene. Yeah, her and I did. I forgot all about it. Cuz you were that.
1: always like on the hunt for Rosemary. That, I don't know you where need that's some st- Rosemary.
0: I don't know where the hell that whole storyline came from. I don't from.
1: know. And then Rosemary, I think they actually had her holding a uh Beatbox or whatever, like uh, in, <laughs> like Kuzak uh, yeah. in a, yeah, gross point blank or whatever. What what no gross point blank?
0: Movie, well yeah no,
1: uh, dang it say what, anything say
0: anything yeah we're talking about that movie uh, was it, I don't know that was something. American Ghost Watchers
1: uh, I forget Doctor Dawn's ass No,
0: that was Doctor Don's <laughs> American ass. Spirit oh my Summit. God. No one
1: me. really can get their hands on that either. No, you know, because it's not on YouTube. That it's really not should out get there. put on YouTube. Yeah, no, to, uh, Tanya creator Tanya will not allow that. Why? I don't think because I think because she's a teacher. Oh, I don't okay, know. I get it. It's just right. one of those things. Like you don't you made it and you don't necessarily want it out there. So that's
2: fine. No, I
0: forgot all about that whole storyline thing with Rosemary. That, that was just bizarre. And she was great. We had a riot with that whole thing, yeah. too. I remember we we filmed that one thing in the hotel room with her and I, like, holding hands or something. I forgot what the hell it was. It was like a dream sequence or yeah, something. I'm remembering it, it dream, all now. Yeah, everyone
1: had a dream sequence in the movie. Oh, my God, and man. And Rosemary appearing to you was your dream sequence yeah, I, with her hair blowing. I, I think your the, hair was blowing. I
0: don't know where the hell that came from. Like I don't know if I Annie mean, Tanya wrote it. That they, they wrote that yes. that wasn't just made up on the spot. Like no. half that stuff was. No, Tanya wrote it. Oh wow. Okay. So yeah. Um, wow, man. Yeah, the memories flood back. So yeah, it's it's a real bummer, and I know a lot of you guys out there are, are hurting, and we all miss Rosemary, and we're all gonna miss Rosemary forever. Uh, she was a real asset to the community, uh, a great person. A great writer. Any time we asked her to come on our show, she, without even hesitation, she was here to come hang out with us and talk. And just a great person all around. I can't say enough good things about Rosemary. So yeah, rest in peace, Rosemary Ellen Guiley. Uh We'll dedicate this show to her. This this show is for Rosemary. Um, and in this show, because while Amber was out partying, as I said earlier, speaking, she was out partying. Uh, I was actually doing the show here. So I talked to a really nice gentleman named Kevin Killen, guy, uh, somehow we became acquainted on email or something like that and said, hey, come on to the show. Let's have a conversation. So him and I did, and it went into places I really didn't think it was going to go to, a little darker than I imagined, but it was really refreshing, to be honest with you. And I really enjoyed the conversation I had with Kevin Killen. Please enjoy. So much for uh, coming on here and having a conversation with us here on Ghostly Talk. How are you tonight, Kevin?
3: I'm doing well. Thank you so much for having me, Scott. Um, I appreciate you guys having me on.
0: Yeah, no, it's it's our pleasure, man. Now you have a book called Ghosts and Me. I want to talk about that a little bit. Obviously, Um, now, obviously, it's your book. We don't want to to, tell the whole damn book here, but I mean, what is Ghosts and Me about? I mean, what what inspired you to write this book?
3: Uh, basically I've had uh, paranormal experiences happen to me uh, pretty much all my life starting when I was about five years old and continuing to today um, so I you know I just I, I knew it was something I wanted to chronicle and, and I, I I'm still always asking these questions because I, I, I don't yeah. understand hardly any of it <laughs> and, and I'm still mm-hmm. searching for knowledge and answers because I, I think there's there's a lot to be said about a lot of things so, um, so I basically started journaling and then decided, you know, about 15 years ago, I said, you know what, I'm going to put this into a book and see what, see what I can do with it to let other people know, Hey, this is my experience. What's yours? You know, that kind of thing.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Totally. So,
3: yeah. So that, that's kind of where that idea came from.
0: Mm-hmm. Now I always like to ask people this, uh, I know I have my story. I think we all have our story. There had to have been something I think that happened in your life that, took you this direction where you were interested in this subject matter. Was there something, I mean, you said you've had experiences all your life, but I'm curious if there was one that really kind of, I I know there was a couple things that happened to me growing up that kind of set me down this direction and why I sit in this chair now. I wonder if there was something that happened to you in your formative years that kind of sent you in the direction that you're going now.
3: Yes. um, I decided to do, uh, excuse me, uh, EVP work, um, maybe a year or two, um, fresh out of high school that was the early nineties. Um, so I, I lived in a, in a house now that I don't think was more haunted than, um, what do you want to say? It it had a lot of negative energy. I don't think it was, it was haunted in in the beginning. It just, we had a lot of, there's a lot of negativity around And I, I found out later that obviously that, that, that attracts a lot of things, mostly what you don't want so you know one one day i decided because i grew up in a, a household where we always had people in and out all the time there's there almost never anyone not in that house so the one time i actually found myself that no one was in the house and i was like wow you know yeah so i'm gonna go do an evp so i was up in my room and uh i don't know if you remember or not uh the 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 old boombox cassette players with the uh the uh dual cassettes oh yeah yeah patchable speakers well that was that's what i had and i had a little i think it was a maxell tape you know 60 minute running so i went ahead and popped one of those in and and i asked i said you know hey if there's anybody here um i'd like to talk and, and let me know um you know show me basically you know and i you know hit record and walked out of the house went to a friend's house for about an hour and came back Um, You know, rewound the tape and played it. Uh, I mostly got white noise until right about maybe the two or three minute mark at the end. Um, There was uh, banging on top of the speakers like somebody was hitting the machine. And I was like, holy crap, you know, who's who's doing this? There's nobody in this house. Mm -hmm. And then I got some weird blips and bleeps. And I don't know what that was. And then at the very end. Um, It was a very demonic sounding voice. It was actually if somebody had played it in super slow motion, said, I have shown you, ha ha. And the tape ended. I fell out of the chair, scared to death, and pretty much ran out of the house with my heart beating about a mile a minute. And uh, that's kind of where it all started, where I was like, wait a minute. I know no one's in this house, so who talked to me?
0: Yeah. Now, you said you left the recorder. You just set the recorder and let it run and then you just kind of like left the recorder to, to record. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. And you're yeah, sure. I sucker. mean, now I, I hate to ask this question, but are you sure no one came in there and just messed with the, the recording device itself? I mean, are you, are you, I mean, did you, I'm sure you checked that stuff out, correct?
3: Oh yeah, absolutely. Like I said, uh, th- th- that was one of the first things I thought, but, uh, yeah, nobody was home for another two, three hours. So oh, okay. it was uh, totally empty when I did this.
0: What do you think? I mean, Open-ended question. Sorry to ask, but wh- who do you think? What do you think that was? I mean, do you, do you uh, have, uh, any well, time of honestly, origin you think of?
3: Uh, really, I, I don't know. Like I said, I had there was a lot of negative energy in that house. Now yeah. that I think about it, and, and, and it's in the in, in the book where I describe that. Um, there, there was I had a lot of negativity. The house was a very sad house. The energy was very black, um, due to a lot of things going on in the house and including some of the stuff that I was doing uh, didn't help. Um, I was actually really big into the occult then. And I was reading a lot of uh, just occult like material and, and, and things like that. And I, I didn't, have, at the time, I never realized you could actually open yourself up to things. Oh yeah. So I have no idea what that was, but it, it was, I would say, unless it was a jokester spirit, it had to have been something very negative.
0: Mm-hmm. I often think about this idea of a house I remember well it's it's one thing I told I remember the first time the first place like first apartment I ever got right Uh, I, I had a buddy of mine who was interested in being my roommate and me being the enterprising little businessman that I was when I was very young I said well let's have a meeting and let's sit down here and we'll work all the numbers out and make sure you're comfortable with that and you know all that good stuff right and we, so we went through all the numbers, talked everything through. We were both comfortable with everything. But And at the very end of it, I remember I said, and I don't know, this is why it made me think of this thing, was at the end of the conversation I had with my friend, this is over 20 years ago, I said, look, man, I, I want us to be able to take care of the bills and make sure everything's good, but most of all, I want us to have a nice home together, right? We're, we're living together, you know, because we want to save money, but I want us to have a nice home, a nice environment. So, you know, that's a big thing for me. Now, that can mean a lot of things. For me, it, it meant like, you know, I want us to have a nice, fun place to live where it's positive and there's no negativity uh, in the environment. You know, you can walk into places, and I know you probably have this perception too, Kevin. Uh, I've walked into people's houses, and I may know them somewhat or I may not know them that well. Uh, going there the first time, whatever it may be. And you walk into a house, and you can just, you know... Sometimes it's a giveaway. I mean, if the place is a pigsty, that's not really a positive environment. (laughs) You
2: know what I mean? Absolutely.
0: Uh, That's that's kind of a giveaway. But there are places I've been to where they were not pigsties. They were very neat, clean places. But there was something that some type of gravity I felt when I walked. And I'm I'm as psychic as the microphone I'm talking in right now. But, I mean, there are things I can feel. And um, I have walked into some houses and felt this type of gravity I'm talking about, something that just doesn't feel right. It's off-putting. And I think, you know, going back to the whole apartment thing I was talking about, uh, I think that's people make those environments sometimes. It isn't, I wouldn't always call it ethereal. You know, it it, it isn't always otherworldly, I think. I think it starts with people that are living. Uh, They're the ones that create those environments and maybe that does get carried on into the afterlife or the ether or whatever you want to call it. Um but I think it starts with people though you know what i'm saying yeah
3: yeah that, yeah that totally makes sense
0: yeah it it's um i mean it's just it's it's an environment people create I don't know any other way to really say it and you said that you at that time you were you were kind of you said this house itself had a it had that that darkness we're talking about that gravity i guess I want to call it
3: yes right? absolutely it did
0: and it, and it was created i mean was i i guess the question is uh, well, you said you were dabbling in the occult stuff at the time, which I agree that that they say that can open you up to things like that. Yes. So,
2: yeah,
3: um, and also at the time um, there was a lot of substance abuse issues with my family members. Oh, uh, so there was a lot of that, um, and, and again, that, that's where a lot of the negativity because you know a lot of the emotions growing up were negative, were mostly anger and sadness because of the substance abuse issues going on. So, yeah,
0: yeah, I think it, you hear the term people you know they're wrestling with demons, <laughs> I, mean, I hear that term right. a lot, oh and yeah, I know in the wrestling business like we we had we had we had a show about wrestling a few weeks ago, and but that's one of the things I learned from kind of studying for that was when they say the, the, the guy was wrestling with demons, that meant that they were having problems with drugs right yeah but it, it's it's topical too because I hear that more and more that the more um Things you put in your body, you know, bad stuff, drugs, alcohol, things like that. The more you do open yourself up to these things, open yourself up to these negative spirits. But the question I have, though, Kevin, about that, it's something I've been trying to understand is how do you know it's a negative spirit? I mean, I mean, is it a feeling? Is it something you see? Is it something you hear? How do you know it's how do you know it's negative when yeah, well, so that, that,
3: that's, that's actually a really good question because, again, looking back on it now, um, whatever this was laughed at me. I mean, it actually said ha-ha at the very end, so it was actually mocking me or laughing at me. So, again, I don't know if it was maybe a trickster spirit, but it definitely in volume sounded demonic, if you will, because it was like, again, that's the best way to describe it is if you recorded somebody and then turned their the voice to super slow motion that's exactly what it sounded like but it did say ha ha at the end so um it it could have just been laughing at me it could have just been a trickster um I, i don't know if it was demonic at all but again it was definitely it wasn't very nice i can tell you that
0: well i mean it sounds like you know what our perception of that would be is yeah, I mean, it, and, and not trying i mean i'm not trying to play devil's advocate but what what our perception of that may be i mean what we've learned in our lives is you know something when something talks to you that our person talks to you that way it usually means they're you know they're, they're kind of being a dick <laughs> i don't know any other nice Absolutely. way to say no, you know right, right. they're kind of being a jerk off and um they're mocking you, like you said. That's how we perceive that. See, the thing that I'm starting, I'm, you know, I every story I hear from people, anybody, and wherever we're at, you know, we hear when I hear the term evil or or dark spirits and things like that. That's assuming now that's basically taking the idea, and I mean, this is just all food for thought for any of us, right? But yeah. um, that's assuming that's more or less saying that we take our consciousness over then. I mean, maybe now that can, that's not quite that simple. I don't think either. Maybe. Yeah, you were, you were a jerk off in life and you took your same, your same crappy attitude into the afterlife, assuming that that's what happens, right? Maybe you were a really nice person uh, in, in, in this physical life we have in the, in this realm. Uh, and then you cut, then you die. You don't really understand where you're at so, and you're on this other. Now you're in this other plane of existence that you don't understand. So you become frustrated and cranky then. Right. I mean, it's not really that simple. Like, you know, it, one for one or two for two. Uh, so my, my thing is that's a, that This whole idea to me tells me like that. And I'm not saying that none of this is biblical. We know that. <laughs> right. But, yes. um, but none of, but what this is saying is that we take, our consciousness with us our our emotions our actions i mean i know i'm kind of i'm i'm really jumping all over this but it makes me think about all these cool ideas like you know and i think that's a big question you know along you know along with the great question is of along with what happens after we die it, i think other questions under that would be well are we still the same person we were in this physical life when we move on to right. this next realm right this story you told me kind of hooks into that idea, you know?
3: Yeah, that, that seems to be, like I said, and, and again, this is one thing I, I tell people because again, and I, I stress this in the book and, and everything is that, you know, dealing with this, it, people I've been called everything, you know, crazy, no, you know, whatever. And that's fine. I, I'm okay with that. Yeah. But um, you know, that ties in with, with, with this, but at, you know, and I tried to tell people, I said, nothing is proved. Everything is theory based here. So it's like, I can't say, you know, that, yeah, this is this, this is this. But the reason I bring that up is because the theory out there is, is that you do keep your personality when you die. And I actually do believe that. Yeah. Uh, like I said, if you're an asshole in life, you're going to be an <laughs> asshole in, in death. Yeah, And, exactly. and I, I've, there are spirits out there, you know, and, and I hate talking ill of the dead and, and I hope he's going to be okay with it. My grandfather was an asshole in life. Thank God he's never come back and haunted me because yeah. he would be an asshole to me because he was a really mean son of a bitch.
0: Yeah, well, and and that's fair though I think too. I, I don't think it, you know, I think the thing with death, this idea of death, when when a whether it's a family member or a friend or somebody we know passes away, right? Uh, and then this is just the reality of things. I mean, a lot of people don't want to hear that, but I I I just I look at it from this viewpoint. Not everybody that dies once they're dead, were they an angel <laughs> or were they perfect, right? right? Yes. Uh, I have one particular friend who, uh, you know, a, a very complicated relationship I had with with a friend of mine years ago who was killed in a bike wreck. And when we were at his wake, you know, all of us guys were hanging around. We were all friends that grew up together. And it was the first thing I said. I'm like, look, I love the guy. However, I'm not going to sit here and pretend like he was a saint now or is he or he's sainted now that he's dead he had a lot of issues. He was dealing with a lot of demons, you know, right. Um, he had a lot of problems and him and I didn't see eye to eye on a lot of things. Doesn't mean I don't love him, but yeah, he was an asshole at times. (laughs) You know, I don't think that, that I, I think more people should say stuff like that. I mean, you don't want to, I mean, I understand that you're, you're, there's a line you can cross, like let's be respectful, but I think, you know, people should be, uh, Revealed for who they were in life as they are in death. At least how we looked at them when they were alive,
2: right? Right. I think that's I, I totally
3: it. agree with you. Yeah, because I haven't. I'm, I'm, luckily, I haven't gone to too many wakes and funerals, but I've been to enough to know that you know you get the people up there, the the, the wife, the mother, the whatever, and he was this and he was that, and then you're thinking, well, I remember when he did this, he did yeah. that. <laughs> like that won't be known. Yeah until you got everyone's drunk and in the kitchen or whatever. And then they start really opening up and yeah, it's, it's kind of like a disservice, but obviously I guess, you know, well, no. And that, I mean,
0: I don't think I would have myself, Kevin, I don't think I would have gotten in front of like the whole, uh, you know, I wouldn't have given his epitaph and said, well, guys, listen, as I just said a minute ago, my buddy was good. He was a, he was a dear friend of mine, but he had problems. Right. Uh-huh, I mean, I wouldn't uh-huh. say that. Of course I'd say, you know, he was a great guy. We all loved him. Right, and you say the right, I, I get that. That's That's for the papers. <laughs> that's know, yeah, That's absolutely. for the papers. I get it. Uh, but yeah, there is the reality of that. Yeah. Sometimes it does take a little liquid, a little lubrication, social lubrication for people to, you know, bring that stuff out. Uh, but I don't pretend anymore about that stuff. I mean, uh, I mean, there's. I think any relationship you have with any person, even if they weren't an asshole, right? Like you say, your grandfather was an asshole, right? And that, like right. I said, that's fair. I, I don't think any relationship you have that has any substance with a person is going to be perfect, whether it's an intimate relationship, or yes. or or a friend, or or somebody you're working on. You know, you 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 do, you do work with. I mean, you name it. I mean, anything you're putting passion into with other people, or just trying to. You know, maintain a relationship. It's gonna have those problems. So, when you come to the end of it, and one of one of you passes away, and then the other one's left there, they're the ones that are left to more or less write the history, right? right. And I think a lot of people are too quick to say, "Oh my God, they were the most amazing person ever." Well, I'm sure they were, because people really are amazing. I think most people do have a lot of great traits, and they're 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 good at their core. But also, a lot of us. Have issues too. <laughs> a lot of yes. us are screwed up, right? And yes. people should be. I think people should be more honest about about the dead when it comes to that. I don't think that's being disrespectful. Uh, I, again, I think there's a certain line you can cross, but I think saying, "Look, this person dealt with some stuff," you know, yeah, uh, you
2: know, that, that that's oh, yeah.
3: fair. That, that, that is true, and and the, that, I'm, I'm glad you you brought that up because that that's one of the at the very end of the book is my current workplace. I'm actually a substance abuse, abuse counselor. Oh, wow. So I've had tons of experiences in the um, residential treatment facility I work in. So that was my, I, I kind of draw that connection. Like my personal belief is that cause I'm, I'm also an empathic intuitive. Okay. So I can feel a lot of things. Well, I feel a lot of negative energy walking through that building. It's almost like walking through mud at times, but that was my thing is that basically is there a correlation between the weakened spirit and what goes on
2: here. Yeah.
3: And that's one of the connections that I did make because again, trying to understand uh, some of the things that have gone on at work and still continue to go on at, at work. And I believe that, that that happens because of a lot of stuff that, because a lot of these people's backstories are horrible. So they bring a lot of this energy with them. And then of course, when you pass, you know, if, if your essence is staying there, then this is what's going to happen. So
0: Yeah. You know, I, I, I I agree with you on that. Um, like we said before, I think this weakened state that your spirit or whatever you want to call it gets put into as a result of narcotic abuse or alcohol abuse. Um, I believe, I really do believe that something that we don't really understand happens to a person, right? Um, and I also think, too, that a person can go just beyond redemption to a certain point, not just from a you know, a personality standpoint, but I think that some people, you know now, and you may disagree with me on this. I, I think certain addicts uh, and I've seen this personally from, from people around me, they've gone so far as far as their addiction's concerned. They're so far gone that there's just no coming back, it seems like. Um, yeah. And I mean, I don't mean, I mean, yeah, I think the drug, whatever drug is in their veins has taken hold, but I think something has more or less crushed their soul too. Like they don't even know anything else, but that lifestyle, just, right. just, just chasing the dragon or whatever you want I don't yes. mean to call be cliche, oh, yeah. but you know, um, just living that lifestyle chasing the high what and that, that and that doesn't just go for drug abuse i mean that's gambling i mean anything that's too much of right. anything we know that it's bad for you right um right. i think some people you know and, and a lot of people may disagree with me i think a lot of people wanna believe that um everybody has a chance for redemption and yeah, i like to believe that too but some people i think they're just so far gone that they they've given up right yeah. and yeah I, I don't, you know, again, I I don't know if you agree with that or not. I, <laughs> no, no, I, I
3: agree with that total. I've seen it. Yeah. Um, by dealing with people uh, with the addiction and the disease. So, yeah, you're, 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 you hit the nail on the head. It, it is true. I've seen this firsthand.
0: I mean, it's not to be negative. I, I don't want people to think, you know, that, that statement means, well, yeah, you know, you just can't deal with it and you're just too far gone and I'm not going to waste my time. No, I think. There's there's people that like yourself that want to keep putting time into certain into, into people, but um, I think certain people get to a certain point and there's nothing left. They just they don't yeah. know how to function normally anymore um, when it pertains to not well being drug free, being clean. Right. I mean, I, there's, it's a very complicated thing. And I am the furthest thing from a counselor there is. <laughs> so, I mean, I, I can't that. I have no answers, but I but it goes to this idea right back to this idea we were originally talking about, about, you know, are you more susceptible to some type of, I mean, invasion? Uh, and I do believe that 100 percent. And I think that that maybe that's a, it's a combination of the two. I mean, it, it, I mean, and, and you, you said I agree with you, too, on that. I mean it's all theoretical. We don't know really any, any solid answers here, but it seems like the further you drag yourself down, like through your actions, when it comes to this, when it comes to drug abuse, for example, right. You drag yourself down further and further through your actions, uh, whatever horrible, you know, theft, things like that. What a lot of people do, unfortunately, to maintain their, maintain their addiction. Right. Um, and certain things. Uh, I just read a book recently uh, just thinking about this uh, from a band. I really like, uh, and it was, and uh, these guys in this band, they all dealt with heroin. Uh, they were, they had problems with heroin. Right. And the drummer of the band, a very profound thing. He said, cause he was in the, in the heat of addiction. Right. And, and he was like, he was barely, basically he was at the bottom. He was hitting bottom. And, He told a story earlier in the book about how he got into music was because his dad would play. You know, his dad had this old record player in the garage and he would play records out there and his dad would let him play records. And that's what got him in the music. So he loved that record player. It's what it was his gateway into music. And that's why he became a musician. Right. And he was in the heat of addiction and he drove by his parents house when they were both at work and he was going to go in the garage and steal the record player to, to pawn it to get money for drugs. And he talks about that, just that little snippet for like a whole chapter, everything that went through his mind. And he knew, he knew that if he was going to do this, this was bottom. This was the end. And he was going to, he even said, he's like, I'm going to loop. My soul is going to be gone. If I do this, this was the most important thing that me and my father had between each other. Right. And if I sell this, It's going to destroy everything. His parents already obviously didn't like him because of his drug abuse. And if he did that, that would. and he realized, thankfully, this is one of those happy stories, Kevin. He realized it. He said, I put the record player back. He he had it in his car. And and he's like, I sat there in my car crying, and I realized the colossal, I don't know any other nice way to, colossal fuck up I'm going to do here. If I do this, my life will be over. So some people do, I, in that, go into that same idea. Some people do recognize.
3: Right. And say, right. And, and, and that's interesting that you brought that up. Cause, uh, there's obviously a, you know, many, many, uh, you know, rock stars that have succumbed to this disease. And, and honestly, one of my favorite bands, uh, I don't know if you can go on, if we can say that or not, that's I don't, I don't need to say the name. If I can't, that's fine. Um, that came out of Seattle.
0: Which band was front, it? You can, you can um,
3: say- Alice in Chains.
0: Oh yeah. Yeah. You can say their name. Yeah. I, yeah.
3: Lane Staley was like, I love Lane Staley to death. He was. His he was, voice just does it so much for me. And I, I remember being in the early nineties and everything when he broke, he was singing to me and that kind of thing. I yeah. love Alice in Chains. Yeah. But his, his story at the end was just, I've seen it in the job that I do now, but it was the same with him, is no one could reach him. He was just done. He was and gone. Then when he finally succumbed to it, they said like his his skin was green and oh. he just that was it. He just gave up. I mean, there's nothing anyone could do for him. And that was such a shame because, you know, I, I deal with that all the time. I've seen people in the same same thing where we think we're trying to help them as well as we can, but maybe they're just gone already.
2: Well yeah,
0: I mean that's that, that's a very Hard uh moral predicament. I, I imagine you, you you'd be in yeah. with that because you know I, I I you know I know you want to help people. I know anybody who works in counseling like this wants to help people. That's the satisfaction you get is seeing somebody get over this hump, right? Um yeah. But there's also the reality though too that's 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 scary and sad that some people like you like you said the words that come. Um. Or just give in. I mean, some people give in in different ways. Some people give in in art. Some people give in in cooking. Some people give in or succumb themselves to, you know, a passion they have, which is a good thing. I mean, that's a right. that's a healthy thing. I think that's that, that more people should do that. Unfortunately, I think some people succumb the same way to destructive behavior, drug abuse, things like that yes. too. Uh, and yeah, somebody like Lane Stanley, uh, who I'm very Uh, familiar with also yeah it was one of those sad stories I mean and and, you know how important that guy was for example as an artist and a singer I mean people to this day still I mean I can't I won't go a week without somebody saying oh man Allison Chains dude man Lane oh my god why way too young man that guy was brilliant The guy was so brilliant what a beautiful voice Uh, and that's happening that was 20 how many years ago when did he pass away
3: uh he passed away I think 2000 for 2001
0: so we're pushing two decades
3: yeah and
0: yeah people are still I mean I young people older people I mean anybody I know across all walks of life people love that band and it really was because he and the guy did have a voice and I mean cliche to say too it's it's a shame to, it was wasted on destructive behavior like that but he succumbed yeah. to it you know I mean you know it
3: was, it was a shame because you know they're they're they are they are um <laughs> When I was a uh, DJ in college, we got dirt sent to us as a promotional item. Yeah, and it was in a bag of dirt. And I was somewhat familiar with them at the time. And that, and then I found out later that that whole album was about everyone's heroin addiction. Oh, and really? The they all, yeah, they all had the heroin addiction. and They all wrote about it, and that's the album Dirt. And that's my favorite one of my favorite albums. I love that album. Yeah. So it's just amazing that from 92 until when he succumbed to it, 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 he couldn't get over it.
0: Yeah. No, and it's sad. It really is sad to see that. But I mean, yeah, I mean, again, it sounds I know it sounds kind of dark. It's very dark to say that. But I mean, some people, I don't think they want to. I don't they don't want help. I mean, again, I don't I'm I'm really coming off dark here. I know. Uh, But I've seen this personally and it's scary and it's upsetting and I've I've shed tears over this stuff where it's like, man, come on, dude. I mean, we're here to help you. We're here to back you up. Let's get you the help you need. I mean, maybe we can't give you everything you need, but we can find people. We can get you where you need. And they, no, no. Yeah. I, this is it, man. This is what I want. And I don't want anything else, man. I, you know. And I think that that obviously, which I don't, I don't want to dig that deep, but that goes deeper than just wanting to get high. There's other things happening there with a person, right. Right. Um, absolutely. So, I mean, but yeah, <laughs> sorry, we went dark on that. I didn't mean to. <laughs> no, no <that's>, like
3: <laughs> said, unfortunately, like I said, there's a direct I, I believe there's a direct correlation between all of this.
0: Absolutely. Yeah.
3: You know, so but I no, mean, it's actually good that we did go that way. Cause like I said, I I see this all the time. And, and, you know, unfortunately, with being an intuitive empath, I've actually called people's deaths at work. And I kind of hate not intentionally, but just, you know, mentioning somebody and then finding out they died. Yeah. I do that a lot. And that's unfortunately, that's something I, I, it's, it it is, this is a gift. And I finally look at it as such, but that's when it's like really hard because people will look at me like, how the hell do you know? And I was like, I don't know. It just pops in my head. I can't tell you there's no formula for this. It just happens. But It happens quite a lot. And People are kind of like really freaked out at work sometimes about that.
0: Yeah. Why do we think, though, as far as, you know, I mean, on this idea of, of substance abuse or alcohol abuse, I, you know, to get mechanical about or try to get mechanical about it for a second, what, what do you think can, what do you think this, as far as we've already established, and I'm trying to postulate this, but we've already established that, you know, There is a correlation between drug abuse and alcohol abuse and things like destructive behavior, let's say, uh, and dark spirits uh, infesting, right? Mechanically, Uh though, how do we, I mean, and we may not be able to explain either one, either between the two of us, we may not even be able to explain this. But it has me thinking, like, physically, how does that happen? (laughs) I don't know any nice way. I, I don't know any eloquent way to say it, really. I mean, like there has to be something that triggers this some. Okay. Let's just say this for a second. You're a spirit. You're a, you're a, you're a celestial body or whatever. I'm not a celestial body. You're a, you're, you're a spirit body. You're an entity, whatever you want to call it. And you, you, I mean, some beacon pops up. <laughs> I, I mean, your pager goes off. you you get a phone. Call. I mean, I don't know. I mean, I don't, I, I mean, I'm wondering, how, I mean, how this attraction is recognized by something on the other side. You follow what I'm saying? Yeah.
3: Yeah. I, I see what you're saying. Um, for my, my, my experiences. And in, in, in this is again, I, again, I'm taking this from, from what others have, have told, told me or on other shows or other books or things like that. And again, everything's theory based, but it does make sense to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and my own thing is, is that for me, for instance, I, you know, you know, those little roadside motels with the little flashing neon sign saying vacancy. Yeah, yeah. So for me, when, when a spirit recognizes, oh, he can hear and see me. So I'm going to talk to him or I'm going to try and get, get him to notice me. That's kind of like the way I feel is that I'm like this big beacon of light. Like they can say they, they sense that. But what with the dark ones, it's kind of there's so many levels of negativity and they talk about the lower vibration and and vibrate things like that and i think that's kind of what it is it's, it's almost like uh gosh i don't know I, I i get the image in my head of like you know you go into a shop and they got a little bell on top of the door that rings when you hit it to let people know you're
0: in here
2: yeah
3: so i, I kind of think that when that happens it they, they, they there's something in the universe that senses that that they can sense that and they're like oh okay so he he, you know this person screwed up so i'm going to make a beeline for them to see what we can do
2: yeah
0: no and that makes sense you know and that happens in life too that's i mean and you mentioned like trickster spirits and stuff like that i mean it isn't much different if you think about it in real life i mean i know i've met people that were very susceptible to suggestion they could be manipulated very easy. I mean, obviously that's not what I have an interest in people for. <laughs> that's not what I do, but I've met people and I just, just, you know, my senses and being around for a few years and knowing people, um, uh, I could tell that they could be, they could be manipulated, that somebody could just walk them down a bad path for whatever yes. horrible reasons they have. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, it's intention. This, this idea of intention, um, a, an evil a dark spirit we're talking about right right so and i've been I've been on this idea uh, we t- i talked about this we talked about this last week, i think, and this idea of intention uh as as a driving you know as a as an engine for these activities, obviously, intention kind of uh drives everything, and that's kind of what makes everything kind of happen is intention, and you have dark spirits out there, and you know along with your with your idea, which makes perfect sense. Um, I mean, what are they, I mean, I guess for me, what's the end game here? What, what are they getting out of this? I really, I mean, so you get to infest someone's body, uh, for some time until they drink or they do enough drugs. So their body doesn't function anymore. I mean, what is the end game here for, for a dark spirit like that?
3: Yeah, see, I, and, and, and kind of what the way I look at it, and again, this is something that's, that's kind of, I'm, I'm still kind of on the fence about this. I, I do believe, obviously, there is good and evil. There's no doubt there's good and evil in this world. Yeah. So my thing is this, is that, you know, I've actually talked to people who are uh, self, I don't know, I wouldn't say self-proclaimed, but they, they've studied demonology, things like that, and there's all sorts of levels of demon. Okay.
2: Um,
3: now, see, I'm a little, I'm on the fence with that. I, I'm not really sure because in, in my mind, I'm, and I'm not a very religious person, but I, I'm thinking that, that that's, you know, the thing with with, with a, a Catholicism kind of thing. And, and, okay. and every religion has these. Yeah. Um, but there is evil spirits out there. So if you talk to some people, some people will say, well, this is a lower level demon that's trying to raise up in the underworld or whatever. So this is what they're doing now that kind of makes sense to me because if you think about it, like you said, I've seen people's behaviors change like overnight almost because it's like whether it's drug induced or not. And you're like, what, how the hell did that happen? Yeah. So I, I think honestly, and th- that there is something. And, and, and again, I'm, I'm, I'm still on the fence about um, demons, but I do think there are evil spirits and dark spirits within us all the time. Yeah. So in my mind, I'm thinking I'm kind of thinking that's kind of how it is. It's like a lower level one, trying to get uh, move up the ladder, so to
0: speak. Oh God! So they're worse than scene kids, basically. That's what the that's what they're, they're like scene kids. They're they're trying to move yeah. themselves up in the ranks of the scene. Yeah, they're a Exactly, click. And,
3: and and I know some parapsychologists will say the same thing, and I've actually heard them talk about the levels of you know demons and everything and that's kind of where they go is like i said you're having a lower level vibrational demon yeah and that's what they'll do so it kind of like that makes them go up like up the corporate ladder of you know yeah demonic things but that's kind of where they start and to me it, it kind of makes sense but again that there's something there that, that there has to be some sort of end game
0: yeah yeah. I mean, and I mean, I know I'm at, these are, I'm, I'm digging deep on these questions here. I know these are, these are things we can't, we can't really answer them, but they're interesting ideas though. That's the whole idea. Yeah, that, absolutely.
3: Right? I, I've never really had that pose question posed before.
2: Yeah. yeah you really. Know.
3: That's actually interesting because I've, I've actually, um, I've had a shadow man encounter and I've actually seen some of these, uh, I, I don't know what they are other than black blobs every once in a while. And then I put that, you know, that's in the book, but I don't know what these things are. Yeah. All I know is I feel that they're like elementals, and I'm not supposed to see them, but for some reason I can. But I don't know why they're there. I, I've just seen them, but yeah, that, that's another thing too. And if you go into like the whole you know elementals versus whatever, so it's like this whole hierarchy of these things.
0: Yeah, yeah. I know I've seen. I think I I mean have talked it talked about it here on the show years ago. I know I saw something, and I I mean I can count at best on two hands of things I would consider anomalous that I've seen, you know, in my whole life. And one of them was coming home. uh, You know, it was getting dark and I was younger. I remember there was just this weird, I was walking down the street and I looked up ahead of me and I saw what looked like a black figure peeking out from the, the car was facing the, it was facing forward. The front of the car was, You know, for it was I was walking the same direction the the car would be going if it was driving, right? And so what I saw ahead of me was obviously the back of the car, and something was just a black shape was as it was just peeking around the the car, the front of the car, lean like it would have been like kneeling down or almost laying down and peeking around, looking at me, and I saw it. And the second I saw it, it, you know, it whisked away real quick. Like, you know, somebody playing hide and seek or something like. that. Right, right. And I I won't lie. I was a little startled, but I had to keep walking that way (laughs) to go home. Uh, So I kept going. And, of course, I went by the car and there was no one there. I mean, and it was a clear street. I mean, I would have seen somebody running away. Uh, And it was just one of those. can I explain it? Absolutely. Can I prove anything? Absolutely not. But Uh, it's something that I've heard that same story, you know, in different, uh, you know, paint a different color from a lot of people, like something just these black things that are kind of looking around corners at you and you catch them every once in a while. And um, dare I say a bit freaky, (laughs) oh
3: yeah oh yes definitely very freaky i'm sorry that
0: that's one of those things i mean we're taught in this field i think the people who are taught the right way are the ones like yeah i think you're allowed to get a little you're allowed to be scared i think you're allowed to have some kind of fear but i think you should also have the strong the strong idea and understanding that um you know, be more afraid of the living than the dead. (laughs) Yeah, that's what I I, I
3: told somebody that the other day.
0: Yeah, it's true. It's true that
3: we need to be more afraid of the living than the dead.
0: Absolutely. But I think there's yeah, there's these dark energies, these dark spirits we're talking about that I'm that I'm acknowledging more and more. I mean, I spent a lot of years really being just kind of flat on any type of belief. Like, okay, look, man, I'm, I'm a piece of dirt that's evolved into something better than that and when I'm dead, I'm going to end up being in the dirt again, and yeah. I went like that for a while. But you know, the more I I riff on this and understand things, yeah, I,
2: there
0: are there are I think there's other things out there that we just can't we can't understand them. Maybe at this point, I, I've been using uh, I, somebody, and I keep saying this to our listeners: uh, a force of nature. Somebody said this to us not too a while ago, and. They're like yeah you know all this stuff is a force of nature that we just don't understand yet we're trying to understand and i really think that's an interesting way to look at it. like you know there could be other forces of nature that we just don't understand yet uh it's just our brains can't deal with that so yeah i mean yeah it's free of course it's freaky because it's unknown you don't get it right so it's of course it's going to scare you now speaking of these these uh, you know we were talking about attachments and dark spirits y- you've had a couple of these you've experienced a couple of these yourself right kevin
3: yes yes
0: well you said one good and and one not so good so yeah I- i'm a big fan of starting with good news <laughs> so <laughs> why don't we start with that
3: okay sure um when i was in pennsylvania um i lived with my girlfriend who was who's, who's a witch or okay. who was a witch sorry she's my ex-girlfriend but she's yeah, we were, we were together in Pennsylvania um, or I'm sorry, I, I apologize. Let me go back to that. Um, I'm sorry. We were in, in another part of Virginia at the time. OK, I'm sorry. Was, I was in Western Virginia at the time. So, uh, you know, I, I would take these showers, you know, just like normal showers in the morning before I go to work and everything. And, you know, I started noticing a lot of like this cold blast of air. I thought, OK, well, maybe the windows open or the curtains open never really thought too much about it as the time went on it, it, the, it the air would swirl around me and i knew that wasn't normal because it didn't do that I wasn't spoke but it, it swirled around me and i could feel it like
2: yeah
3: what you know what the hell is this you know jesus this is first of all it made me cold in a hot shower but <laughs> it was also like what the hell's it was like caressing your body and i was like really freaked out like what is this
2: yeah
3: so i told my girlfriend about it and she's also a psychic and she was like you know that's the woman that's in this house because we had a couple spirits in the house and her name was um, Elizabeth. And I was like, well, why the hell does she join me in the shower? Can't she just like give me an EVP or something? <laughs> and she was like, no, she said she she said that I remind her of her husband and she's from like the pioneer times here. OK. And I was like, OK, so that's interesting. I said, so what do I do? I, I'm, I'm getting tired of getting like, you know, I mean, she's basically sexually assaulting me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> in the shower yeah what do i do here and she was like well you, you just basically have to tell her said hey look let's not you know please don't join me anymore you're scaring me and mm-hmm. just tell her just talk to her she can hear you and i was like okay so i did and and, and that stopped at that time and then she she'd communicate other ways but she stopped being in the shower once i told her not to do that
0: okay so that was
3: an interesting one No. that was act- yeah. like i said that was the good one
0: <laughs> now, now that, but that kind of goes back to what we were talking about though. Before, it's kind of interesting to hear. This is a different take on it. Uh, this idea of personality taking it with you when you when you leave the physical existence. Uh, yeah, this person obviously had listened to you. They processed that information and said, "Oh, well, Kevin doesn't like that. Bummer, but I'm going to leave him alone now." <laughs>
3: you know, yeah. so yeah, she actually respected my wishes, and I, I've never. Uh, Fortunately, she went away, so um, I hope she's wherever she is, she's in a a good place, but she didn't follow us or anything when we moved, but she kind of stayed there when we left, but that was kind of it for her.
0: Okay. Now, all right, unfortunately, what's the not-so-good one?
3: Okay, so same girlfriend. I was in Pennsylvania, fresh out of college, Um, and we had a, a mutually good friend. Um, who was dating another guy at the time? But he was a total skeptic of the paranormal, and, and that's fine, you know. So we decided to have a channeling session one night, and because uh, he, you know, he didn't believe anything, and he was just like, yeah, this and that. And we, you know, we were trying to, uh, unfortunately, convince him of, of some of the things that that we had gone through, that was proving it to us, you know, because we were all pretty much skeptics at one time, and then all these things happened. But he was a staunch skeptic. He was like, that's bullshit. <laughs> Yeah. So we decided to do a channeling session. So we gathered around the table, and my girlfriend at the time was the the channeler. And um, about halfway through, as we were going through and seeing things in our mind's eye, we saw this really evil whatever. I mean, this thing had like the horns coming out of the head. It had like this weird looking face. It, It was just evil. You could just sense that it was evil. So, we all saw this at the same time and we all jumped and, like, kind of like, like that broke the circle. Like, we all, like, jumped and, like, you know, that was it. And he left. And, you know, the skeptic was just like, we were like, what'd you see? And he was just like, I'm I'm not, I I gotta go. And he left. And we were like, what the hell? So, we all compared notes after he left. And we all saw the same thing. So, we knew he saw the same thing. Yeah. Whatever it was. So, um, for so the next couple weeks, we all were uh, experiencing just terrible luck about, you know, anything, cars breaking down, um, you know, electrical appliances on the fritz, losing things. Um, and then I, I began to notice um, that I was becoming like a different person. Like I was becoming, I was more of like a happy-go-lucky kind of you know, laid-back guy, you know, and I was becoming mean and dark. Like I was, I was isolating myself from people. I didn't want to talk to my friends. Um, I distinctly remember telling a couple of them, "Like, oh, I'm fine, but you need to leave me alone." And hanging up on them, and just weird, you know, and just not wanting to be with anybody. And remember myself sitting like in the dark by myself for hours. Okay. So I was like, something's not right here, and it was weird because I could feel like it was almost like I was trapped in my head. Because I, I knew this wasn't right, but something was going on. Mm-hmm. So I told my girlfriend, I said, look, I don't know what the hell we did, but this, whatever this thing was, I think it's affecting all of us. And it really was because the, the skeptic and and our friend, they broke up um, after a few few weeks and things were like, really going bad for them. So she was like, you know, she's like, something's here. I didn't close the circle because we broke it. We let him oh, in. Ah, yeah. Right. And so this attachment that we all suffered. Um, so after I said, well, we got to get rid of this thing because this thing really affected us. It was affecting me and her too, because I was I was not talking to her at all either. I was being very mean to her and whatever. So she knew something was up. So we finally got the circle closed. but for about a good month, month and a half, it was just we had all sorts of bad things happening, and it was because of whatever this thing was that we opened to that portal. Came through and it, it it nearly destroyed us, really bad.
0: So what did you guys do? To, what, I mean, what did you guys do to remedy this again? Like to fix we this?
3: we did the circle again and we actually closed the portal.
2: Okay, all right. So, and
3: that that see that that helped. So whatever this thing was went back, but it was open and allowed to come out.
0: Do you think? Um, I mean, obviously that situation was was direct. I mean, there was intention there, uh, and something came through. <laughs> uh yep. do you okay. think things like that can happen though where these attachments can i guess can can i mean something can attach itself to you well we've already talked about you know uh destructive behavior right okay. um but what about maybe things that maybe just a weakened state of mind just for maybe from from a natural mental disorder that people have a chemical imbalance right or yes. dep- or depression is you know i mean i Depression is a yes. chemical imbalance, also I mean, because you know I think some people um, i I think some people would have problems the same type of problems with these things and, and it's out of their control, like they have no control over their the chemical problems they have with their brain, right, right. Um, so I'm wondering if things can happen to people like that, yeah, they can be put in these situations without any real intent you know it's just
3: yeah 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 I, I believe so and I think probably throughout history you know because you know before psych- psychiatry and everything that there if you look back on some of these people like Joan of Lark for instance sounded like she had epilepsy yeah you know and, and there were a lot of psychological and psych- psychiatrists um, psychiatric diseases that we didn't know anything about back then and then she were labeled a witch or for this and that but I've actually thought about that and, I, and I'm thinking honestly I think that may have been a way for that to actually naturally occur. I mean, you may have schizophrenia and yeah. you are he- hearing voices, excuse me, because we have what, w- where I work now, we, we have what we call co-occurring, which is mental illness plus drug abuse.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: So we have people who have both and that's what they do. Is they self-medicate to get rid of the the mental illness part. So I think that's actually, that, that can actually be a natural, natural thing because yeah, you do hear voices when you have schizophrenia, but You know, the psychiatrist will tell you, oh, well, if you take this drug, they'll go away. Well, not necessarily. I mean, but again, being, you know, science is always trying to be scientific and and they won't look at anything other than paranormal. They they, they won't even, like, for a minute think, oh, nothing's paranormal. You're crazy. Here, take these drugs. You'll be fine. But I think that there's actually a lot more to it than that. But again, the scientific community unless you have absolute proof is always going to just, you know, tell you to go away. So, well, I think that should do, but
0: no, I, I, and yeah, that, that is the nature of science is, you know, uh, 100% proof on something. However, I'm going to get a bit opinionated here for a second. So I apologize (laughs) when it comes to medicine, uh, whether it's psychiatry or, or, or physician type medicine, whatever you want to call it. Um, I've said this to a lot of people. I've been saying this for years. These people all have a license to practice these things. They're practicing. I don't think people really take that word into account as well, maybe as, as significantly as they should because they're practicing. I don't think anybody really knows medicine <laughs> or knows psychiatry, right? Of course, there, yeah. there's people that, I mean, I mean, if you put me in a room... With, uh, with a doctor of that's had 20 years of experience like with, you know, with, you know, primary care on people. Well, of course he's going to, he's going to outshine me. He's going to be able to figure out things a lot quicker than I am. Um, so, because he has more experience, but it still goes to this idea of these people are all just practicing. They're practicing medicine. They're practicing psychiatry. So they, even, they don't know. And I mean, I go to the doctor, I've been having certain medical issues here for the last few months and we're still trying to figure it out. And, yeah. you know, I guess the opinionated part kind of comes in here. It's, it's a very lucrative uh, job you have uh, of, of continuing the problem. <laughs> you know right. what I mean? And I'm not saying that that's, you know, modus operandi for everybody. Okay. Um, but it's like, well, we're just going to have to see what happens now. We'll give you this thing, and we'll see how you respond to that. Right. And, that's exactly how
3: they do it. And, and that if f- that doesn't work, well, we'll try this medication. If that doesn't work, we'll yeah. put you on that. So, again, they have four or five different you know, things to treat you with, but they still really don't know what the problem is. So. Well, yeah.
0: That, I'm sorry. That's a fucking experiment, man. Absolutely. You're you're a guinea pig there to a I mean, I know certain like okay, you got a sore throat. We give you some amoxicillin, send you out the door. You'll be good. In a, you'll be good in a week or so, right? Yeah. I mean, there's certain things that are tried and true. They got them down, but there's a lot that just it's not there yet. Um, and again, that's just. I mean, I guess that's the nature of of these practices. One thing I watch my doctor do, for example, and I understand why he does it. Uh, it's and it's because I do think he cares when i'm when i meet with him you know i for whatever is going on we talk and he asks me a lot of questions about my about my mental state about my physical state and he's and you know he's typing he's writing things down he's recording all this and i know what he's doing is not only trying to increase his intellectual intake and his experience in this field so he can do better work down the road, but I think he's trying to add to a greater body of knowledge there too. That's, that's what I like to think he's doing, and I do believe he's doing that, right? So, I mean, yeah, it's a building thing. It's a building thing. I think I think medical, science, psychiatry, it's all things you're just building and building and building on, and we're at a point here where this is where we're at. <laughs> and this is right, the best, no yeah this is no, the no, yeah. this is the best we can do for you, you know uh
3: yeah, totally right and,
0: and again I'm not I, I really am not trying to be mean about that too, but I think those are the facts about that these people are practicing, and I mean I was watching uh, a couple of YouTube videos today about uh about this young girl uh, who has anxiety problems right and uh-huh. it's basically a vlog she has going where she just more or less every week talks about the new drugs they gave her and how she responded to it and how she's feeling. And I found it fascinating because you're, you're getting a step by step of a person trying to she's trying to heal herself. You know, she's, yeah, she's she wants to get better. She wants to not have to have have this pain. She wants to be, you know, be able to be more productive and not be crutched down with this stuff. Right. Um and she keep you know and she and she's fully aware of the idea like this is a band-aid. i want to be i want to know what i need to do to make myself better you know right. so yeah i'm sorry i'm i'm going way all over the place here
3: <laughs> but no that that no that's fine cuz like i said I, I see this all the time at work yeah where people will be diagnosed with one mental mental, mental illness and then They'll put them on this drug and they'll go see the psychiatrist the next week and that, that they'll either up their medication or they'll change their medication. Well, does it help? I don't know. I mean, we have one guy, uh, honestly, he was telling me he's on lithium. Oh, God. for his bipolar. And he said, he was like, you know, Kevin, I'm, I'm doing really well now. And and I'm thinking you're you're you, you act like you haven't had any meds for a week because you're your your you up is up and you're acting like you're having a manic episode right
2: now. Yeah, yeah and i was like
3: so did this lithium working for him so yeah, yeah. i mean but, but it it is and and, and honestly and and we, we see this a lot um because i i've seen this with the psychiatrist they they have so many people because i work for the county okay so so the the, the they're they're pretty they're over overpaid and overworked
2: mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm.
3: so it's like kind of like a factory they don't meet with them enough to understand anything before they get out the prescription pad and write them something.
0: Well, yeah, I and mean,
3: they do this all the time.
0: And this is what we're hearing more and more about. And I guess I'm lucky because uh, I have a doctor I work with, you know, I've been seeing the same guy for like 22 years now and he's very anti pill. Like oh, had a, my cholesterol went up a little bit. He's like, all right, here's what you need to do. Let, let's see if we can do this. And we're going to, we're going to try to, You're going to have to deal with this and be a man and be an adult and deal with your problem okay i'm like yeah all right that sounds great and you know we were successful it was wonderful right um no pills uh other things that happened to me he's like okay look you know you can work on this thing Uh, get a little bit of weight off get some weight off you'll feel better did that right dealt with the problem not just band-aid the problem and mask it and numb yourself to it and that's what drugs do i think and you know i know some people need them i mean i i I want to look at both sides of this thing and be fair. Some people genuinely need the need medication to improve their quality of life. Make them, make them, you know, make them more healthy, I guess, whatever it may be mentally at least. Um, But I think a lot of things, yeah, this idea of just throwing a pill down someone's throat, you know, because they stubbed their toe (laughs) or something. right? I mean, it's for the birds, I think. And I think, I think you're right. You know, the pharmaceutical industry, you know, joined with the medical industry. uh, It's very cookie cutter. It's very rubber stamp. It's very factory like, like you said, I don't think people are thinking anymore. I mean, I, again, I guess I'm lucky. I I have a doctor that that he always appears to me like he's trying to learn all the time about things.
3: That's, that's the best kind. Yeah. And that goes into like holistic medicine and things like that homeopathic remedies yeah you know i've I've actually used things like that and things have actually helped like essential oils and such Mm -hmm. i've actually used that for certain things and it actually does help really but you know i mean again you can't like like i i just recently had a, a heart attack
2: oh
0: god
3: yeah about a month and a half ago so i'm on five different pills now oh no but i have to because i have a stent in and that the one pill that is outrageously priced opens, keeps the stent open for me.
2: Oh, wow. But if I, if I had
3: a, had my druthers, I wouldn't take any of these things, but I have to, because I've got the, the blood pressure meds and things like that. But they told me the same thing. You lose some weight and this will go down and this and that. Yeah.
0: So, yeah. Well, I mean, and don't they give you, they give you uh antidepressants too, after something like that too, don't they?
3: Uh, actually they didn't for me. Oh, okay. Yeah. I actually could have used it the first <laughs> couple of weeks because i was actually feeling a little depressed but i got over that i'm fine now yeah,
2: good yeah
3: but for the first couple of weeks I, but but it was funny because i noticed what i was going through yeah and i was like you know but I but i realized i I'm, I'm i'm the kind of person that'll be like i'm a realist i'm like okay this has to be this way so you know, I, I didn't die, so I'm still here. Yeah, so let's get over this and move on.
2: So, yeah,
0: yeah exactly.
3: I was able to do that. but yeah, I would do yeah, for a while there. I think they, they they really should have. I was actually gonna go try and go see a psychologist or something because,
0: yeah,
3: I was having some issues struggling with the the total life change.
0: Well, yeah, that's a huge thing to happen to a person. I mean, yeah. no, no doubt it's you know it's and it's you know it's a scary thing that happens to a person. so I you know, depression, I think, would be a normal side effect from something like that. Once you come out the other end of it, I know I, I mean, I talked about may have mentioned it here on this show, but I've been dealing with some issues with anxiety recently in the last few months, I've had some problems. And I mean, literally all I've been doing, Kevin has been just wrecking my brain, trying to find ways, um, to solve the problem. Right. Um, I, I've never asked me and my doctor have talked about it a bunch of times and it's like, and I, we've both agreed. And I've said right out the gate, I'm like, I want to beat this thing. I don't want to dope up. Let's beat yeah. this thing. I can, I can make this thing I can figure this thing out. And, um, you know, I can, I can move on from here without, you know, take, take having to take narcotics or something like that, which he's like, well, if you need them, we can work with you. But I mean, this is, this is great. Work on it this way. So I've been, you know, every day now, which, which is ironic with anxiety. I'm sure, you know, that, you can actually give yourself more anxiety by trying to solve the problem of anxiety. <laughs> yeah. So it's a, it's a horrible, yeah. ugly round Robin. So you have to, I, like for example, with me, one thing I just learned recently was, okay, you're going to have these tremors that happen to you. Like that's what I have is I, I have, I have a tremor in my temple that I feel every once in a while. <gasps> and it's for the last couple of months here, I've been like trying to find ways to solve the problem. So I've been feverishly trying to battle this thing fight it and battle it, right? And I recently just, literally, I ran, I read this uh, very recently uh, and I was like, okay, acknowledge that it's there and quit trying to fight it because it's stressing you out even more now. <laughs> <And> I'm like, <laughs> it's true, it's true, man. So now that I, I noticed and I've noticed the difference where I'm like, okay, I'm just gonna, this is a part of who I am now and you're gonna work with it and just kind of maybe see if you can kind of just share it off after time. Right. Instead of finding, trying to find ways to fight it mentally. Like I'm not going to get stressed out. I'm not going to stress. As I'm, I'm literally clenching my fist right now. As I say that, right. Um, <laughs> you're stressing yourself by not trying to be stressed out. So, I mean, but it goes back to this idea of trying to do things holistically. Right. Um, right. I think in your situation. Yeah. I mean, you're going to have to have some type of medication. It's a serious bodily thing that happened to you, but yeah, there's a lot of things that, um, you know, you can, you can, like my dad, for example, he, he had his heart attack, uh, he had a heart attack uh, about, that'd have been about 15 years ago, and he's since then turned into Mr. Zen Buddhist man now walking around the house. It's hilarious. <laughs> he's, before he was, the, you know, the old school factory guy, and, uh, you know, now he's Mr. Zen Buddha who's happy all the time, which is, you know, okay, <laughs> but that's what's keeping him healthy, though, I understand. Right.
3: Yeah, and and that's the thing that I tell people all the time because I I was a smoker for 22 years. Yeah. So I quit. Uh, My thing was caffeine and nicotine. Those are my two drugs. and I quit both of them, cold turkey, immediately after having my heart attack. And I tell people I'm not going to be a nicotine uh, Nazi. So if you want to smoke, that's fine. I'm not going to tell you not to. Yeah. Because a lot of people at work smoke, not my coworkers, but the people at the clients we deal with all smoke pretty much. Yeah. So, and and I'm not going to do that, but it, but it, yeah, it, it's one of those things where I, I won't be the Zen Buddhist, but it's like, yeah, you know, eating healthy and cutting out nicotine and caffeine every day.
0: Yeah, it's a it's a big thing. Uh, I don't think a lot of people, you know, but when you that's the thing, what you mentioned that with people who are recovering addicts. Um, yeah, that's that's the one thing they can do that's acceptable. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I find yeah, that. Exactly. I've always nicotine found nicotine is still a drug. Yeah, it's still yeah. a drug. And caffeine's still a drug. Right?
3: Caffeine, yes, you can have the caffeine and nicotine because they justify it by it's not crack.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and I've always thought I've always found that idea to be kind of funny because yeah, uh, especially caffeine and nicotine um, that are as addicting as anything else is. I mean, we have an entire country that's that's hooked on both of those substances. Yes, uh,
2: exactly. That's,
0: killing people in record numbers and i can't say that i'm perfect <laughs> by any means uh, uh but it's very real it, it's very real and it, it's, it's it's out there so but you know kevin i have to say thank you uh i did not expect us to, to take on these the subjects we took on tonight it was i was very very different thank you though i mean it was very refreshing to talk to you i really appreciate you taking the time to chat with us
3: Hey, not a problem. I enjoyed this. This was a great talk.
0: Yeah. Let's do it again for sure. Kevin. I mean, I'd love to, yeah, yeah love to definitely. Have it. I mean, again, yeah, see how you're doing. I'd like just, if anything, see how you're doing. Cause I mean, I, with the heart attack thing, uh, that, that's serious stuff. <laughs> that's no
3: yeah, joke. Yeah. You know, it, it was, uh, it, it really was, I had the widow maker, which I should have died and I did not. Oh, so man. that's one thing that the doctor was telling me is like, you know, Kevin, you shouldn't be here, but you are. So it's your prerogative to change your lifestyle if you want to keep going. And I have. So,
0: Do you believe that? I, I don't know what you think about this, but do you believe that all kind of went down that way for a reason?
3: Uh, yeah. And it was. it's actually, I just found this out recently, and, and this kind of gives me a little bit of chills because I don't know how to deal with it, is is my Kindle book came out the same night as on my heart attack. Oh, wow. I didn't know that until about a week ago. My, the paperback or the, the the hardcover, the paperback came out the 24th of June but the Kindle version came out the night I had my heart attack and I didn't even know that. But I think honestly, yeah, I'm I'm the, I'm the kind of person that everything happens for a reason. So I needed to get healthy and, and unfortunately it took having this to do that. But I, I, you know,
2: yeah.
0: Well, I survived. So yeah, no. And here's the thing. bottom line. I wish you the best of luck with that. Um, Thank you. Seriously. That's it. I mean that that's, that's a hard thing to have happen to anybody. And, um, you know, yeah, it's, it's, I know, uh, knock on wood, I haven't haven't had one myself, Um, but I, you know, I, I, I've seen enough people go through it and see, you know, what it does to your mind and how it changes you. So I do wish you the best of luck with that. And yeah, let's Take talk care. let's have you back on again. I'd love to talk to you again, Kevin. Hey, I
3: would love to be back on again.
2: Ghostly talk. Ah, ah. Ah.